Man. Okay, so for you online, I owe you an apology. I forgot to turn my mic off and I just totally chomped a cough drop in your ear. So I'm really, really sorry. But we're really glad you're with us. Um, hey, uh, here at Thursday Church, we're making an effort. We are, I know, we're making an effort. We are trying to um, seek a better understanding. Um, we're, we're attempting to grasp as much of God's perfect 2020 vision for humanity that we can wrap our heads around. And we know that when we do this individually, when we leave this place and individually, we work on what, what God's word uh, is, is asking us to apply to our lives, that when we come together corporately, that, that we will be stronger than we could ever be individually. We know that God is calling us to, to seek those who are far from him. We know that's part of his vision for humanity. We know that that means that, that we need to be praying for those who do not know him. It means that we need to have a heart that says we will love those who are difficult to love because they are far from him. And along the way, we believe we hope, we stand on the truth that if we will do these things individually and come together corporately, that, that, that people will come to Christ. It will work. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're, we're spending this year working on ourselves a little bit. Working on what does it look like so that we can be this reflection of Jesus to others. And um, we're, we we're using the phrase this year, who's your one, who is your one, um, as we are, are thinking how we can reach those who don't know Christ. And I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to encourage you to preach to them. I'm not. A, a reflection doesn't mean that you've got you to be preachy. It means you've, you've, you've got to seek them out. Make, make an effort to, to speak to them, to the, include them. Be praying for them every single, every single day. Offer them compassion and love. And just allow Christ to shine through you. And if you think, well, that won't work, it will. It will. It does. And, and, and so, so we're just asking everybody, just, just pick one person. I mean, I know some of you are overachievers and you've picked more than one, but, but hey, one person, just one person. And think how you can change not just their life, but their eternity by being a reflection of Jesus. And, and that does mean that we have to do our fair share of work on our own. We have to make sure that as we're saying we want to be a reflection of Jesus, that we're willing to do the work to reflect Jesus. That means we've got to know God's word. We've got to be in his word. And we've got to ask ourselves some tough questions. We've got to ask ourselves. We've got to quiet ourselves. And I want you to do this this week. I want you to find a quiet place where there's no TV. Uh, turn your phone, tone off, phone off. Power down all of your electronics. And just sit quietly with God. And I want you to ask yourself, how am I doing at staying true to Jesus? How am I doing personally? How am I doing at staying true to Jesus? Because that aspect of being a reflection means that our life, our life has to, has to be well acquainted with Jesus. We, we, we have to be comfortable with what he's asking of us. We have to know 
what, what, what a, being a reflection of Jesus looks like. What are we truly standing on? What is our foundation? What is the pivot point that everything flows from us? What is that, what is that point? Is it Jesus? How are we doing? How are we doing at staying true to Jesus? And before we go any further, one of the reasons that we said that we don't need to be preaching to people, we need to be loving them, we need to be including them, we need to be making them feel accepted and welcomed. One of the reasons is because, you know, we're, we, we, we can't skip over this truth that simply having knowledge and information and regurgitating that, there are a lot of Christians who can regurgitate the message of Christ. They can tell you all about Passion Week. They can tell you the, the history. But then you look at their life, and there's a disconnect. And see, we don't want that. We don't want that disconnect. We want to make sure that we're not just people who are trying to fool others with our words, because folks, they'll look right through that. We want it to be true. We want to know what we believe. And that's what this week is all about, having a believing heart. What do you believe deep down? What is the foundation? What is your pivot point? Where, where are you standing? Where are you willing to take a stand? Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. And so while we might be thinking that we're spewing out these words, if our life is something different, what we're planting, folks, is, is our life. Not our words. Our life. And that passage is basically saying you can't fool God. You, you might be able to fool others, but you can't fool God. He knows what is the essence of who you are. He knows what's at the core. He knows what you truly believe, not just what you speak. He knows what you are planting, even if we've gotten good at, at fooling the folks around us. You cannot mock the justice of God. You cannot. He knows your intent. He knows the purpose. He knows the plan. He knows the objective for why we are doing what we are doing. And he knows when our words and our actions don't match. He knows if we truly believe what we're willing to speak. You know, saying that we believe and yet living according to our own plans, okay? So, so we speak this knowledge, but our actions, our heart, our intention are something else. And we assume that, that, that that's going to work, that that's going to that's grow the kingdom of God. That's like planting an apple seed and expecting a banana tree to grow. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We can't say one thing, do something else, and expect the results to be honoring to the kingdom of God. Matthew 5.18 says, These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts, their hearts are far from me. we got to take the time to, to really look at what's in our heart. We get so busy worrying about what everybody else is thinking. We get so busy worrying about our actions that we, we just don't take the time to even realize what is in our heart. This takes some reasoning. This takes some thinking. 
This takes some time. This takes some work. And, and this heart, this heart, these things that we believe in our heart, it's the filter for everything that flows from us. And, and either things are going to flow from us that are true and good and positive for the kingdom of God, or things are going to flow from us. Our words might be saying something, but our actions are going to say something else. Do we have a believing heart? See, if we say that, that Jesus Christ is at the center, and yet we're selfish and self-centered, and our intentions and our thoughts are for ourselves, if we're holding a spot to think things that are, um, that are ugly and hurtful, if we're holding a spot where we, where we can be um, spiteful and vindictive, um, we might be able to momentarily fool the people around us with our actions. But the reality is, we can't fool God. He knows our words, he knows our actions, and he knows when they don't match up with our hearts. Do you have a believing heart? During the Lincoln-Douglas Lincoln debates in 1858, Abraham Lincoln uh, is quoted as saying, you can fool all the people some of the time, some of the people all of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And we could add right here, and you can't ever, not ever, not for one millisecond, fool God. Never. So don't try. Having a, a, a healthy heart, that's what this series is about. Having a healthy heart means that, um, that, that, that we are taking the time to do the work, to make sure that our heart is healthy in all regards, our physical heart, um, this, this God-surrendered stout heart, that we have a heart that is strong and courageous and bold and, and is aligning with, with God. We, we want to have a heart that is willing to bear the burdens of others. And we got to have a heart that's not just speaking the words, I believe, but a heart that's filled with Jesus and that we are believing we're believing the truths laid down in his word. When we search our heart, it's going to take some time. Because we've got to think through. We've got to reason through. We've got to ask ourselves, why, why do I feel the way I feel? Why do I think the way I think? Why, why is this, this happening? And, and the truth is, as we search our heart, we might find something in there that we don't like. We might find things in our heart that, that don't line up with God's perfect plan for us. And the truth is, if we don't take the time to search our own heart, no one else is going to do it for you. This isn't something that anyone else on the face of the earth can do for you. This is something that you do for yourself and for your relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we don't do this, we're only fooling ourselves and, 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 and cheating ourselves out of a very beautiful aspect of humanity, and that's being connected not only to, to the people around us, but this connection with God that allows us to, to lead others to Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful plan. 
as we believe in Jesus, we got to make sure that we aren't spending time just trying to fool others in, in, in our walk with Jesus or, or even fool ourselves. You know, sometimes I think that we try to fool ourselves. Worst thing of all would be that we try to fool God. That we aren't honest with what we are truly thinking. That we aren't honest with what we are truly believing. That we aren't honest with what's in our heart. You know, um, sometimes there are things that, that have worked their way into our heart. And we're not even aware they're there. But others see it. Others see it as we, as we respond. Uh, a lack of compassion, a lack of love, a lack of kindness. Others see it and we don't even realize it's there because we've not taken the time to see what is it that we truly, truly believe. See, what we believe, we ought to be able to, our heart ought to be able to be an open book. We, we shouldn't have to hide what we believe in our heart. What, we, what, we, what we're going to hide in our heart is God's word so that, that the things that we are believing are true. And we want to make sure that, 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 that we can openly say, this is what I believe and this is why. Because what we believe is the foundation. It's the foundation for, for what we will choose to live. What we believe is the foundation for what we will choose to live. In a few weeks, uh, there's a whole crew of us heading to Mexico, and we're going we're gonna to build a house. And we're going to spend a great deal of time making sure that, that the ground where we're going to place the foundation is prepared and ready. And then we're going to spend time making sure that the foundation is just right. And, and the, 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 the foundation work is hard, and, and it, but it's so important because if the foundation is weak, everything we build upon it will be weak. And see, that's what happens with our, with our heart. If, if what we are saying we are believing isn't really in there, then our foundation is weak. And so if, if we've reserved a place in our heart where we feel like we have the right to say that I am superior to somebody else because of this or that. I am superior to someone because of my race because of the color of my skin. If we've reserved a place in our heart where we say that because of my gender, I am superior to someone. If we've reserved a place in our heart where we say because of someone's religion or lack thereof, I don't, I don't have to love that person because that person isn't loving the Lord, so I don't have to love that person. You're, you're not going to find that anywhere in Scripture, folks. So, so here we are, and we're, we're searching our heart. And if in our heart we're reserving these places to believe things that do not line up with God's word. If, if we're believing that because somebody has hurt us along the way, cheated us, lied to us, that we have the right to, in this part of our heart, to hold on to some hatred. If, if because we've always felt less than, we, have the, we feel like we have the right, because we've never had as much as everybody else, so I have the right to feel jealous. I have the right to hold on to this, this peace in my heart, this, this jealousy peace, because you don't understand. I grew up and I didn't have anything, so I have the right to hold on to this, right? So then 
Then we have this, this place where, where we have this right, where we feel like I have the right to be angry over this or over that. And what happens is then in our believing heart, we've got all these voids, all these places where we're saying, no, I don't need God's word in this part of my heart because I'm believing I have the right to feel this way. And, and when we think like that, I want you to know what the word for that is. It's sin. It's sin when we say, I have the right to hold on to this thing that God has told me I do not have the right to hold on to. And I have placed it deep within my heart. And sometimes some of those things are placed within your heart and you don't even know how they got there. They, they, they were applied to your heart, embedded in your heart as a child. You know, if you grew up hearing parents speak prejudiced things, it, it, that might be embedded in your heart and you might not even know it was it, when it was applied to your heart. But now, as an adult, now that you have the ability to think and to reason, you've got to line up God's word with what's in your heart. And you might have to take out some garbage. You might have to look at your heart and say, there's some stuff in here that needs to go because it is not giving God glory. 1 John 4 verse 20 says, if someone says, I love God, but he hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we do not love the people that we can see, how can we love the God that we cannot see? What do you believe? Not what do you feel. Not, not what do you respond emotionally to. Not what's your opinion, what's your thought. But what do you truly believe and why? And does it line up with God's word? Are you basing this, this believing heart upon the foundation of God's word? See, when we have this sin that we hold in our heart, it's like laying a foundation with, with giant gaps and cracks and and weak points, and everything we build upon a foundation that looks like that. Because that, when you've got all those things that you're holding on to in your heart, and you think you have the right to believe those things, that's what's in your believing heart. And then we, we build on that. Everything we build is going to be weak. So if we want, if we want to build with strength, we've got to start at the foundation. What are we believing in? Are there some things that we need to take out are there some beliefs we need to line up with God's word? Open a Bible and we're going to look at 1 Corinthians. Um, we're going to turn to chapter 8. If you're using your Bible or, or on your phone or your tablet, just go right to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. If you're using one of our Bibles, go to page 953. You're always going to get more out of God's word if you're looking at it for yourself. Don't just listen to it, but look at it. And so Paul is the author of, of Corinthians and just like last week how we were talking about how he was talking to the church in Galatia uh, the same kind of thing is happening here in Corinth Corinth is um, a little different than Galatia Corinth is a very wealthy wealthy uh, community and it's a massive community it's one of the biggest it's it's bigger than Athens I mean it's it's a big at this point in time it's a really big community and there's wealth everywhere 
And because of this wealth, this surplus of wealth, they can buy whatever they want to buy. They can do whatever they want to do. And what has happened is in the church, that attitude has filtered into this new church. And now false teachings about having um, household idols has made its way into the Christian church. That, that, you, that as long as you're worshiping an idol and, you know, you have these food rituals and those kind of things, you're good to go. And, and, and Paul is saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. We cannot let this false teaching work its way into the church. What do you believe? Are you believing the words of Jesus or y'all making up your own stuff? Because that's what's happening here. They're just straight up making up their own stuff. And then they all agree on it. Hey, that sounds good. And then before you know it, their believing heart has been tainted. Okay, verse 1. Now regarding the question about food that's been offered to idols. Yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. In other words, this isn't about how much you know. It's about how much you love. And when love is in your heart, you aren't going to let all this other garbage in there. Verse 2. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But a person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. And so, so Paul is saying here, do you know what you believe? Do you know why? Because if you are making up your own stuff, God's not going to recognize you. Think about that. You're making up your own stuff. You're making up your own rules. God's not going to recognize you. That is scary. That is scary. We don't get to say, I have the right to believe this. Not if it doesn't line up with God's word. Do you know what you believe and why? Paul was saying, use the brain that God has given you. Think. Reason. Do the work. Logically, it doesn't make sense that what these false teachers are saying, it doesn't line up with anything that Jesus said. Folks, when the world tells you you have the right to feel a certain way and it doesn't line up with what Jesus said, a light bulb ought to go off in your head like, that's wrong, that's wrong. I don't want that in my believing heart. We've got to reason. We've got to think. Because how we reason, how we think will affect our actions. There was an article published in Wired Magazine in November of 2018, and it suggested, this is not flattering, I'm sorry, it suggested that mental laziness has become a, 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 a real popular part of the way we think today. Mental laziness. And the main reason that we are mentally lazy, the main reason that, that false information and illegitimate news spread so quickly in our world is because it's easier. You don't have to reason. You don't have to think. 
One of the qualities that my mother instilled in me from a child was you make sure that you know that what you're hearing is really true. That what something is, somebody is saying is true. So when somebody says something, it's like, ah, it doesn't sound right. Who did you hear that from? Where, now what was the source? Let's, let's, let's find out the truth here. And it drives my husband nuts. Crazy. This illegitimate thinking, laziness, just accepting what is said because it is easier than asking the questions, it's hurting the church. And, and this might be a new study saying that technology and media has caused us to be lazy thinkers, that no longer do we reason and think analytically. We just don't do that. We aren't critical thinkers anymore. Well, well, Paul was saying that 2,000 years ago. He was saying, you guys got to think. Does this line up? Is it right? So I thought just for fun, just for kicks, we would see how we are doing with critical thinking. Thursday night, not so good, guys. <laughs> Hope you guys do a better job. So here we go. I'm going to ask you two questions from Dr. Shane Fredericks, Critical Thinking Cognitive Reflection Test. And just as a disclaimer, I'm going to tell you the reason I chose two questions. Anyone want to guess why? These are the only two I got right. <laughs> oh, scary stuff. Okay, if it takes five machines, five minutes to make five widget spinners, how long will it take a hundred machines to make a hundred widget spinners? Don't say anything yet. Think. Logically, think this one through. Don't say anything. Anybody think they've got the answer? Come on, someone has to think they have the answer. Somebody said 20 minutes. No. Who said five minutes? Five minutes. Who said 100 minutes? Few? It's five. It's five. It seems like it might be 100, but it's five. Five. Very good. Um, here's another one. This one's real fun. If in a lake there's a patch of lily pads, simple enough. Get a picture, make a mental picture, here we go. And each day the patch doubles in size. If it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake, how long would it take the patch to cover half the lake? Think, don't say anything. Got it? What do you think, Van? 47 days. How many of you wanted to say 24? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Seems like that would be right. But if, if at day 47 it's at half and it doubles, on day 48 it's going to be, yeah. We got to start thinking critically, folks. We got to start using our brains because God gave them to us. And that's what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. Don't just accept what somebody says to you as truth until you compare it to God's word. We got to use these brains that God has given us. Let's be challenged this week. Let's ask ourselves, let's ask ourselves, does this line up with God's word? Let's search our hearts. Let's take the time. Let's sit quietly before the Lord and say, how am I doing? How am I doing at staying true to Jesus? Because see, when we don't stay true to Jesus, when we say one thing and we do something else, 
It doesn't just hurt us. It damages our witness. It hurts the ability for the kingdom of God to grow. When we're talking about who's your one, we want to connect with someone by, by, by being kind and reaching out and seeking, seeking to connect with them. We're praying for them. We're offering them love. And then they look at our life and they go, dude, that just doesn't match. You know, you're saying one thing and you're doing something else. It just doesn't match. When Jesus sent his disciples out with the good news, he told them in Matthew 10, verse 16, Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as wise as snakes and innocent as doves. In other words, Jesus was saying, Think, be wise, line it up, folks. A believing heart knows what's in their heart. You might not know how it got in there, but you know if you need to get it out of there. A believing heart isn't mentally lazy. Jesus was saying, don't be gullible, you guys. Don't be gullible. Watch out. Look for the warning flags, the, the gussied up lies that resemble the truth. Make sure you recognize that. Be wise know what's in your heart because what we believe is the foundation for what we will choose to live and as a church we want to live the reflection of Jesus Christ amen take your seat reminder home